Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in outfit. everyone and a welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and with me as always is sam chung hello marissa i'm very excited to be back podcasting about lizzie mcguire once again for two reasons but the first reason is that my good friend jermaine fletcher has joined us on the podcast today jermaine how are you doing i am doing fantastic and i am glad that i am the first reason why you're excited this week you're abs- uh, you're absolutely the first you're my first reason i don't know if you're marissa's yeah. first reason marissa's probably, probably marissa's probably more excited that so this is going to be going out on tuesday january 12th and that is going to be officially the 20th anniversary right of lizzie mcguire premiering wow is it i did not i think it is oh my gosh i looked that up I think that this will be going out. This will be the 20th anniversary episode. So, Jermaine, you're here for a very special episode. So, this is 20th. So, when it premiered, I was 13 because I'm 31 now, right? That's the math, right? Wait, what? No, if you were 31, (laughs) then you would have been 11. (laughs) No, I was 13 when it came out. It came out in 2001. It was 13 or 12. (laughs) (laughs) I'm old. Yeah, do you want to know how old we were? Like seven. We were five. You were five? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Marissa and I were born in 1995. Oh. Um, oh. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was like, I was, it, it came out in 2001, right? Yeah. I was like 12. I was born in 89, so I was like 12. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry, I'm older. <laughs> born the same year as Taylor Swift. I know. That was a great album. <laughs> Are you talking about the Evermore album or the Folklore album? No, I I am I listen to Folklore and it only has one good song in my opinion, <laughs> um, which is the one. I have not listened to Evermore. I'm still in Reputation era Taylor phase. I think that's my favorite Taylor. She's just like very badass in Reputation. Um, Lover Taylor was kind of like eh, but I've not listened to um, Evermore. I, I don't like folklore, country, woodsy Taylor. That's not my jam. Marissa could go down a really deep Taylor Swift rabbit hole. She's a big fan of I all really the Taylors. I <laughs> um, especially, though, like the Speak Now era, just because that's when I was a teenager. What is Speak Now is love story? Fearless is love story. Speak oh, Now is, is like Sparks Fly. No, I, I wasn't era. into Taylor then. I think I got into Taylor with like you belong with me yes that's when i got into like oh she's fine (laughs) i came around to taylor i was like oh i don't like her her personal life seems messy and i was like her songs are so catchy and i would just sing all of like red taylor was also a good taylor yeah i definitely went through like i was a really big fan when i was younger and then i went through that phase like maybe 
senior year of high school through college where I was like too cool for Taylor Swift, you know, like, oh, like, I don't know. Yeah. And, and then you're like, but she just gets me. Right. <laughs> so that, is, that she brings you right back in. So Jermaine, we always ask whenever we have a guest on the podcast, what is your experience with Lizzie McGuire? You know, did you watch it when it was first airing? Um, how how familiar are you with the show before you came on the podcast? What, what, where do you kind of fall? I watched it all when I, when it was actually on Disney. Again, it was like, I was right in the age range of like, these are preteens or teenagers. I don't remember a lot of it. I remember specific things from the series. Like I remember the We Want a Bra. And I remember like the ugly cheerleading song. And I remember she did rhythmic gymnastics. <laughs> and I, rem- I remember like specific moments now as like a adult, an adult. Um, but I did watch all of it. I tried to rewatch it when I first got Disney Plus and I watched the first episode, the pilot, I was like, oh, this show is just not going to <laughs> hold up. Great for me to watch as a 30 year old. So I'm not <laughs> going to invest in a rewatch of Lizzie McGuire. But at the time, it was just sort of fascinating because I can't recall, I watched a lot of TV, I grew up watching a lot of TV. I just couldn't recall any show that makes live action with animation the way that Lizzie McGuire did. Even for this episode, I was watching the end and the bloopers and they did bloopers for the animation, which was like fantastic in my opinion. Um, But I was a big Lizzie fan and I'm a Justice for Lillian kind of fan because (laughs) Lillian Dirty in the end. She just like, I know you don't watch it, Sam, but I don't want to like spoil it for you. But Lane just like fucking disappears. I've heard, I've heard that. You know, I as much as I've tried to stay away from spoilers, the fact that Lane leaves is apparently big drama. She just vanishes, and the weird thing is, like, she would vanish in one episode and then pop back up in an episode after, and then vanish again, which was so odd as like a child to like. You know, but like as a kid, you're like, she just probably was homesick that day. Yeah, no, we frequently on the podcast cross-reference the order that we watch the episodes with the production order because a lot of times, you know, the production order will be wildly different from the way that they actually rolled it out. And I think, Marissa, you looked up this episode and it falls on a very different place in the timeline. It does. But we can get into that a little bit later. Jermaine, another thing we ask, because we always, we're, we're big TV people. You're a big TV person. What are you watching right now? What should we be watching? It's so funny because like about a year and a half ago, I got really back into network TV. So I've been watching network dramas. And before I came to do this podcast, I was watching an episode of All Rise, which is on CBS, like a judge legal show. And I was watching Evil, and I watched Prodigal Son, and like Single Parents, which they canceled. So I got really back sucked into network TV because binging was too much for a time. But I like also just binge like Richardson in like a day and a half. Um, I'm currently watching season four of The Crown. I've never watched The Crown before. And my boyfriend, who does not watch TV, doesn't like it, just randomly decided we're going to watch season four. 
but I don't know what's going on, but it's like the Diana season. And again, I grew up, so I remember some of the Diana stuff, but come to find out he wanted to watch it because of Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> and we've been watching season four of The Crown for like two months, <laughs> which is the most frustrating thing I've ever experienced in my life because I don't need to take two months to watch a show that it's already out. We're on like episode <laughs> And he's just like, oh, I'm just not in the mood today. I'm just not in the mood. Like, we'll get to it. We'll finish. But I'm like, I have other shows that I want to go watch. So I'm stuck on The Crown. I recently started this week trying to catch up on Ancient Aliens because, like, 2020 or 2020. Is that on History? Is that a History Channel it's show? It's on History, but it's on uh, Plug. It's on Peacock. Um, oh, right. <laughs> work Plug. Um, so I started watch, rewatching Ancient Aliens. And... I know when Jake, uh, I'm calling Jake, was on the podcast, he was talking about um, the boys, and I texted him, like, oh, my God, the boys. I've never felt so betrayed by a character than Stormfront on the boys. That was a good quarantine watch. Um, I'm all over the place. Lots of housewives, because that's my job. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Jermaine, I'm so excited that you mentioned The Crown and this was completely unprompted. Like, we had never talked about The Crown before. But this week, two friends of mine and I will be releasing a Crown recap podcast. And oh. we're starting right from the beginning, season one, episode one. That's going to drop on Thursday. So if you are ever looking to go back to season one, we're, we're, well, we will take that journey with you. My boyfriend wants to go back to season one, but after the torture of watching season four <laughs> in three months, I don't want to. The, the weird thing about The Crown is because we're in like this like racial awakening. People online are complaining that The Crown is not diverse enough. And I'm like, no shit. <laughs> Why would The Crown be a diverse show? I guess you just so, ha- you have to wait for the Meghan Markle season. I know. I don't know if they're going. They keep changing their minds because I heard they were going to cancel after season four, but then they're going to do a season five. So I don't know if they're going to do the whole Meghan Markle fiasco. Well, not fiasco. Like Harry did the right thing and left. Um, I don't know. I I I don't think I can go back to watch season one. Not at least not with my boyfriend as a watching partner. I, I, I can't do that. It just takes too long. That's fair. Marissa, you just finished Bridgerton last night, right? I did. What were your thoughts on Bridgerton? I liked it. It was, I think it ended up just being fine for me. I had a lot of spoilers going into it, though, because I am an author and I follow a lot of romance authors. And that was like the first thing they did on Christmas. Like Christmas was watching Bridgerton. So my whole yeah. Twitter feed was just chaotic. But I liked it. It was beautiful to watch in terms of the costuming and the set. Daphne's kind of a villain, which is I, I think she's an anti-hero and which is like ridiculous because it's a romance novel and she's the protagonist, so you shouldn't really think she's the villain, but like she messy. Is she the villain because of that one scene that everybody was upset on Twitter about? Yeah, and I just think that like I don't know. I just think the message gets a little muddy because it's like she did that and then she got everything she wanted in the end because she just needed to make him realize that he was good enough. I have like a completely different take. I I had no issues with what she did. 
I had none. The frustrating thing about watching Bridgerton, well, it's just Gossip Girl set in like the 1800s, first of all. It's literally Gossip Girl in the 1800s. It was very hard to put yourself in the mind frame to watch it, particularly when it came to like the women knew nothing about. Right. That was a big issue for me too. They don't know where babies come from. They don't know what sex is. And the mothers teach them nothing, nothing about it. But all the men know how to have sex and all the men have sex and the women know nothing. And I was like, what is this? Yeah, so many plot points in this show just hinged on the sexual miseducation and like non-education of women. Which I did not enjoy. Did you figure out who Whistledown was? I suspected it was that person, but I, so I don't, I never read the books. I don't know if that person is a person in the books. I don't think it's going to be that person when the show picks back up. I think it's a throw-off or throw-away or, like, a fake-out. And the other thing I didn't like about it, speaking about, like, going back with the other girl who came to the... I don't know any of their names. Like, too many people to know their names. But when it was pregnant, mm-hmm. and then the solution for her being pregnant is to, like, trick a man into... Marrying her. And fathering this child that is, it's just like, what is going on in the show? So it was sort of hard to like put your head in that space, living in like 2020 or 2021. Like this is just makes no sense. This isn't real. Totally. All of their problems really just felt like non-pro, like the the worst thing that could happen to your family was a scandal. Like the worst thing. I will be ruined if I'm seen in the garden with a man. Which was so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. One of the brothers are is like, you're hinting that he's going to be gay. And it's like, okay. Well, also, how are we supposed to tell those three brothers apart? It took me like I'm half sure. the season. <laughs> and then I realized one of them had like the... The sideburns. Like, the and then I saw one of them, I'm like, oh, did he shave? And then... <laughs> How did it come back? Like, oh, they're different people. (laughs) So it's a journey. I can't tell if you guys are recommending this or not. I would watch it. It it given the way last year was, it was a mindless silly watch. It's Shonda Rhimes first out in at Netflix and it was fine. I don't know if you read I think it was a variety report about why she left ABC. It's like so wild like over a disney pass basically yeah that's Um, crazy yeah just give her the pass um (laughs) i hope she does more and she also didn't create bridgerton so i'm curious to see what she will create at netflix but it's a decent watch sam okay well marissa and i started rewatching crazy ex-girlfriend because we just finished new girl and so we needed a new show to kind of get into and crazy ex-girlfriend i think is that show for the time being so we've been watching that i've seen maybe one episode of crazy ex-girlfriend um it was supposed to be a showtime show and then it ended up at cw yeah and i watched new girl like maybe two episodes i thought schmidt schmidt i thought he was gay when i was watching it and i was like why are people talking about this and when I was watching New Girls, it was at a time when I was like, I'm going to be a director. And New Girl has one of the worst directing I've ever seen on TV. Really? So Why do you think chop. that? Oh. It is so <laughs> chop. 
it's like jump cuts and they just like go back and forth with the camera all the time. Yeah, so I did not enjoy New Girl. The Prince episode was really good. The Prince episode was a good surprise. I think neither Marissa nor myself were prepared for it. So speaking of like specific episodes, Jermaine, you requested this episode specifically of Lizzie McGuire. Was this an episode that you remembered um, having watched earlier? I, yes, I did. I do. I remember this episode, but when I rewatched it last night, the things that I remember didn't match up at what happened. So I thought it was like an entirely different scheme that was happening. Um, but I specifically remember this episode when I requested it. I think I told you too much and like, no spoilers, no spoilers. But uh, this episode has a special place in my heart. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about Lizzie McGuire Season 2, Episode 12, Best Dressed for Much Less. In this episode, Lizzie is determined to win the school yearbook's best dress competition and outdress Kate for once. She's set her heart on a trendy pair of hip huggers, but neither she nor her family can afford them. And this episode aired on July 19th, 2002. This, um, I thought that this episode was funny. Well, not funny, kind of sad, but the B story had very many parallels to today, and I was able to clip this quote this from true. from Matt McGuire. I can't go out there. The people, they can't control themselves. <laughs> this is how I feel pretty much every day now. This is true. <laughs> the B story and a part of Lizzie's A story, like, is so reflective of what's going on today, which is so scary. And we can talk about this later, but Joe McGuire, early adopter of the toilet paper hoarding. I know, that's what I was referring to. I was like, what I would have done to have so many toilet paper. <laughs> Truly ahead of her time. I know. It's crazy. I don't know. There's a lot there's a lot to talk about. There is. So we start off at school for the morning announcements. And fun fact, Larry Tudgman is the morning announcer. Yes. And I and I don't want to spoil it for Sam, but when I saw Larry Tudgman, I'm like, isn't there like a really good Larry Tudgman episode coming later on? And there will be Sam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I always was like fascinated with like what they put in his hair because it's so greasy. <laughs> and his shirt is so dingy. He wears the same shirt every time. It's interesting, too, because they started to let him look a little bit better at the beginning of season two. Right, Sam? Like, they, his, he wasn't looking as slimy, but they seem to have brought it back. But now that yeah, I think I mean, about it... I feel like Larry Tudgman probably could have gone through, like, a Neville Longbottom puberty period, you know, where he's, like, yeah. a normal-looking guy now, but they, they try to dress him down. Word. What? <laughs> normal is a strong word for Larry Tudgman. <laughs> well, I feel like they make him look like with the hair thing. They make his hair look greasier than it is. You know, he's just a normal looking guy. Yeah. And he starts calling out this guy, Joey, for putting something gross in the fountain, um, which appears to be a mistake because I don't really know what goes on, but I hope Larry's OK. Yeah, I think Larry died in this episode. <laughs> Larry did not die in this episode. But it was like, what was in the fountain? Yeah, we never find out. We Marissa, never, what is it? What is in the fountain? We never find out. Oh, also, to go off on a tangent for a little bit, Jermaine, I don't know if you see Marissa's sweatshirt today. Oh, I meant to talk about this. Um, this was given to Marissa by her sister's boyfriend, Noah, for Christmas. It says, 
and busy. Yes. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire cartoon animation. Yes. Uh, this was a Christmas present. And yeah. I put it on and I showed my mom and she was like, it's like my little girl is back. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> but like valid. I love it. It's very comfortable. But it did bring back photos of me as like an eight-year-old child wearing the same Lizzie McGuire cartoon to school. Cartoon Lizzie McGuire was so more adult than in-person real-life Lizzie McGuire. Cartoon Lizzie McGuire had her stuff together. That's true. So Maybe they should have made the reboot exclusively the cartoon. <laughs> it just, it just turned it into an animated show. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So Larry also talks about it's time to vote for class favorites. A phrasing that I've never heard in my life, but sure, we'll call it that. Yeah, this also, this was a high school thing for me. I don't know that this happened in middle school. That was way too early for this kind of stuff. Yeah. No, during middle school. No, because in our high school, we had senior uh, senior superlatives. No, we did it in middle school. You, you did didn't it in middle go school? To, yeah. Sam went to a charter school. So. I did go to a charter school. So, my boyfriend teaches a charter school. Mm-hmm. Does he? Do you know if uh, his school does this? I don't know. I don't think so. What I thought was weird is it's happening in episode twelve, and this usually happens at the end of the school year. <laughs> so it's like clearly in like it's, the middle of the school year, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it's extremely out of order. That gets into the production side like this was supposed to be episode 17 of the season so like closer toward the end and then we haven't even watched the episode I think it's called just like Lizzie that's coming up but that is clearly like that was supposed to be the season two premiere and we haven't seen it yet and it's very clearly the beginning of the school year it's about like a seventh grader who is now looking up to eighth grade Lizzie I don't know why the show makes these choices but continuity does not exist (laughs) at all also it was weird to me that there are only four i feel like when we did it it was like an endless list of things yeah they didn't even do class couple they didn't do class clown i never had this in high school just or middle school fyi because i did not go to school here oh i mean it is very it's a very american thing comparing your yourself to other children and how <laughs> adequate you are that's a very american the thing the american way <laughs> we do not do this it's like a mean thing to do in middle school too because middle school is the most brutal place and then you're asking your peers to assess you or vote you yeah and there's only so there's four there's best looking and best dressed which are pretty similar well Clear distinction, Sam. Best best looking is. I mean, not according to Lizzie and Miranda. They say cheerleader for both of them. And then there's most poised, and then there's most most likely to succeed, which incidentally, I think Marissa and I both won. Um, we did. But like, <laughs> but Lizzie, Gordon, and Miranda just don't care about that one. Well, yeah, but to me it was like most poised. Like, I've never heard of that. That was new. That's what? middle school. <laughs> kid is most poised it's so it just made no sense and i i love how i don't want to jump ahead but i love how that end up, ends up being miranda's thing <laughs> because is like well i'm not poised miranda so you can be most poised 
Like, Claudio Miranda's best friend. Lizzie displays a lot of narcissistic tendencies throughout <laughs> the course of this. The entire show is centered around Lizzie. Obviously, it's Lizzie McGuire. But the stories are like Lizzie stories that get like thrown to somebody else. So it's like, Lizzie can't be most boys. Miranda, you be most boys. And it's like, Miranda can be something else that doesn't have to do with Lizzie. Yeah. I love, wait, I clipped this because I just thought it was so funny. Wow, I never realized Miranda was so poised. <laughs> Neither did we. <laughs> <laughs> and they do a slow-mo, and I'm like, what? Well, it's like how in the episode before this one, we learned out of nowhere that Miranda plays the violin. <laughs> and it's like a violin prodigy. It's like, where did that come from? We're just learning so much about Miranda in these past couple episodes. And then she just disappears. <laughs> yeah. Sam actually has a whole theory that Miranda is not real. Oh, I believe, I believe wholeheartedly. I have another theory actually about this specific episode that I just came up with today that we can get into at the end because it directly builds off of something that happened at the end. My you Miranda. Think real? You don't think she's real? No, I think Miranda is like a figment of Lizzie's imagination because I forget who said this, but somebody who was on the podcast said that um, Lizzie and Miranda are basically the same person. And I was like, you know what? What if Miranda is just imaginary? Because Miranda has no ambition of her own. She purely exists just to, you know, <laughs> prop Lizzie up. The last theory I heard of a character not being real, and it's like very dark and very, really going to show my age, the Rugrats, there's a theory that the babies are not real and Angelica, well, the babies were real. Angelica was like babysitting them and they all died. And Angelica is in like a psych ward and the babies are a figment of her imagination. Oh, wow. That's really dark. <laughs> so be careful with characters not being real, Sam. Okay. <laughs> okay, noted. I'll, 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 you know, reel it in on my theories. But the theory at the end is, is, I think, a good one, and it's based on observations from the episode. Sam has a lot of theories about the show, and they don't <laughs> all make sense together. Like, he also has a theory that um, Miranda and Gordo have a sort of, like, Ron and Hermione. I see that. I, I, I always like when the lead boy and the lead girl are together, and the lead boy ends up with, like, the B girl. I think that's fun. Mm -hmm. I will say... You know, series tend to be better than the shows. Um, Game of Thrones, like, all the fan theories were better than... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a whole, that's a whole separate podcast, Jermaine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, Everything. There's a, lot we could, there's a lot we could get into with that. <laughs> Sorry to derail. It's okay. But yeah, so Gordo probably could have one most, li most likely to succeed. He is clearly a very smart individual, someone who takes schoolwork very seriously. But instead of going for that, he's going for something that isn't even a real statistic. Yeah, Gordo is going to be most photographed because the first thing people do when they get a yearbook is count how many times they're in it. So is that true? I probably did in my senior yearbook, not going to lie. I mean, I didn't even get a yearbook every year, I only got my senior year of high school. Marissa, I feel so. like once a year you go on a mad sort of like search through the apartment to be like, where's my where senior yearbook? Is. Because I've... you just never find it. And it's like, you didn't find it the year before. You never had one. No, I, I had, I have 
I had it, but I don't know what happened. I think it got lost in the great Brooklyn fire of 2017. I have no clue where my, I have no clue. I did not, we didn't, my high school, we didn't do a, like a traditional yearbook. When we graduated, we did like a disc and all the pictures are on like a disc, like a CD. And we thought it was like so cool. It was so <laughs> digital. And the thing that I share with you and Sam is, my apartment also burned down in Brooklyn. Oh, and dang. That disc photo yearbook like went up in flames. No. <laughs> I do not have my I, my high school yearbook, which is fine because I hated high school anyway. Um, but <laughs> I do not have mine either. That's sad, uh, though. I'm so sorry that we share that trauma. We shared the trauma of having the apartment burn down and... I don't know if Sam ever told you the interview process for the page program. One of the thing is to like do a mock tour. And my mock tour was me walking through the burnt down ashes of my apartment, showing people where stuff was. You never told um, me this. This is that, the first that time. That was, that was my tour. My tour. I wasn't in your panel. Was, so this is literally the first time you're telling you me this story. My, panel, my tour, and I was the second one to go. My tour was me walking through the ashes of my burnt down apartment. Oh That's God. so dark. Showing where the bed was, where the refrigerator was, like what burned down, all of that. I had a prop, something that survived. So I like had it with me. And. <laughs> I remember after I finish, I, Zoe, who's in our cohort, I go and I sit down, and Zoe, like, grabs my leg, and Zoe's like, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, okay. Wait. So my, my, my tour was very dark when I uh, interviewed to be a did you Did you lead with the fact that it had burned down, or was it like an Night no. Shyamalan twist at the end where you <laughs> were like, my... and this is all burned down? <laughs> It was like, it, I didn't start, it, it started like something like a little more like mysterious, like, look at it. It doesn't look like much, does it? And <laughs> it just like then went on to me revealing that my apartment had burned down and the ashes and I'm like pointing around the room. It was like very dramatic. Sorry, that was very dark. <laughs> <laughs> Reel it back in. <laughs> yeah. And then the page program was like that guy. Yes. That's the one. They wanted the next generation of storytellers. I'm telling you. Yeah. I think we can. Theme song. Yeah, theme song. And then we come back and status cow. Yes. Okay. So my question is, how do they all know what poised means? But Miranda and Lizzie have never heard the phrase status quo. You can break the status cow. How? I, I like sometimes they dumb them down too much, particularly Miranda, which is so problematic because she's yeah. a brown girl. It's just like so, and also poise, or maybe I'm stupid. I don't think of poise of like not falling over. I think of poise as like like sitting up straight or just like being like very proper because yeah. like I you thought can, like, trip and trip gracefully so I don't I don't understand I don't think they know what poise means to be quite honest um but it's like when I was watching and you're like did not know what status quo was I have you never seen high school musical they did an entire number (laughs) the status quo like what is status quo I think that um my definition of poised is the princess diaries and Julie Andrews teaching Anne Hathaway Mia 
was in princess training to be poised. Yeah. That's, that is poised. Marissa asked me during this scene if, uh, cause Gordo obviously knows what status status quo means. And she was like, is Gordo mansplaining? And I'm like, no, they legitimately just don't know. Yeah, I guess this is just <laughs> so an it's explanation. Not a mansplain. <laughs> this is an explanation. Yeah. And sort of like Gorda being like, you're so stupid. <laughs> Gorda loves an opportunity to mansplain at any given time. So, But I'll give it to him this time. This was a genuine explanation. So yeah, Kate or Claire, the pair of them are going to obviously take best dressed or best looking until Lizzie realizes hey, maybe she can be best dressed. Have we ever seen Claire? I don't remember Claire. Was Claire a black girl? She I is. Can't yeah. She, I want to say my, or maybe could be wrong, but was Claire the girl who was on My Wife and Kids? I can't remember. I don't know. Was that a soap opera that you watched? No, My Wife and Kids was like was... Um, Damon Wayne's. Oh, okay. Sorry. It, it was... sounds like um, an All My Children. <laughs> yeah, All My Children. I canceled. Um, there are only four left, which are Days of Our Lives, The Young and the Restless, The Bold and the Beautiful, and General Hospital. And I watch all four <laughs> every single day. Bold and the Beautiful is the only one that my mom still watches. My mom was a All My Children and One Life to Live yes, those lady. Guys. So those are the ones I grew up watching. One Life to Live was dope. Like it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> and like very pop culture in like the early 2000s because they had like the pussycat dolls on. I remember when I was maybe like nine or ten-ish and I was watching with my mom, there was a whole storyline. Her name was Star and there was like a whole yeah. like teenage, <laughs> like it was yeah. like all that drama and she was a, she got pregnant and oh my yep. God. And, and there were, like, musical people. numbers because they could all sing. I don't know. It just went yeah. very off. He was a singer. And Ugh. when they canceled it, the characters moved to General Hospital for a while. Mm-hmm. And then some weird thing happened with production and, like, rights. And they had to, like, lose the One Life to Live characters. So they just, like, gave the actors new characters on General Hospital. <laughs> So Star became like, I think she became Kiki Jerome or something like that, um, <laughs> which was like the daughter of like a mob, a mob wife. Um, so it was, it was like very weird. Soap operas are the best. <laughs> I love it. But Finding um, Jermaine and I have a lot in common though. So <laughs> Jermaine tried to set up a wine tasting for us once that, and that never happened. Wasn't that like yeah. right before COVID? Me? I don't think I remember that. No, it was like Wine? a margarita thing. Oh, maybe it was, it was a margarita, margarita thing. crawl. Oh, a margarita. margarita Sorry. A margarita a crawl is much more. Yeah. yeah. No, you tried to I set that up you, for us. Yeah. <laughs> I did not do that because something happened and I didn't get to go. I'm also doing dry January, which is like not great. <laughs> Last week was very rough, as you can tell. Oh, yeah. Um, and I won, so I'm very proud. That means you can't even have like a celebratory margarita. No, I needed a break. I would, like, have a drink at, like, 2 in the afternoon to, like, get through the back half of the day. Um, but, yeah, back to the show. Back, <laughs> back to the show. Sorry. We can cut all of this out. <laughs> Miranda knows just the outfit that can win Lizzie best dressed. So there's here's the reason why part of me thinks that Miranda's not real. Because, Miranda, you know the outfit. Like, you can do this yourself. Why are you just propping up Lizzie in this moment? 
because Lizzie is a white woman and Miranda is a brown girl. So the role of Miranda is to make the white woman look good. So frustrating. Like, Miranda, you can be all you want to be. You don't need to just be a backup singer. (laughs) You can be the lead. (laughs) You can buy the hot new pair of hip huggers at the Style Shack. Which was, like, so funny that they called it hip huggers because (laughs) I remember at that time, the big thing was, like, low-rise jeans for women, like... How like the Britney Spears like your jeans is like it's literally falling off of you, and I was like, oh, this is fun. They renamed this like hip huggers. That's kind of cute. I am very glad that that era has not come back. <laughs> True. I don't know. Fashion comes in cycles. Look at you wearing a Lizzie McGuire sweatshirt <laughs> once again. <laughs> like it's two thousand four. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Apparently, all Lizzie has to do is outdress Kate and Claire for one day. This is not like a cumulative, like people have been paying attention all year. It's just one day. That's definitely not how it works. (laughs) People are watching always. Then you can be best dressed. (laughs) But I, I understand the pressure of like being best dressed because, so I went to school, you call it middle school, we call it primary school. And we wore uniforms um, to school. So we were like, we were like, the boys were like khakis, like a full suit of khaki, khaki pants, a khaki shirt, or like epaulets, like very third world dictator style. And we wore that all throughout the year. And then they would have like special days where you would have a jeans day and you would get to like dress up in like regular clothes to come to school. And it was, like, very intense and, like, very, so much pressure because this is, like, your one opportunity to, like, dress how you (laughs) want to dress and, like, look good. And it was so great, but it's also, like, a scam because to enter the school, you would have to pay money. Like, this is very third world. Um, You have to pay money to get into the school. If you wear jeans, you pay less money. And if you came in your uniform, you had to pay more money. So it's like, oh, okay. And then the kids who did not wear jeans obviously got teased. And the kids who wore jeans were like, cool kids for today. So I I sympathize with Lizzie and the need for the perfect pair of jeans. I also sympathize just by virtue of having been a middle school girl. And it's brutal. This is... This is a tough category. This is a very, it's best, I mean, having a best looking category, like who knew school was just a pageant? Yes. Always a pageant. Like best dressed at least is something you can kind of control. Best looking is just mean. <laughs> yeah. True. So Lizzie has her, her mission, her superlative. She is going to go for best dressed. So then we cut to her house and her asking her mom for money to buy her perfect best dressed outfit. I found this scene to be just hilarious. I always love when um, we learn that Joe harbors deep resentment towards somebody, which (laughs) I feel like has happened multiple times, but here it's to someone named Coco Newberry, who, spoiler alert, Sam is still into. (laughs) I know. I was like, they went to high school together or middle school together. This was news. Yeah, this was news. They've been together for a long time. But um, it's always funny seeing that side of Joe come out where she's just like so mad and she holds a grudge <laughs> for so long. Ugh, Coco Newberry. Um, and we... <laughs> Coco Newberry. Um, and we find out that the 
dream outfit that Lizzie wants costs $110. To which Joe is like, this house runs on a budget. But like, does it? Like there's there's no indication of like to me they are very upper middle class. Yeah, they definitely yeah. are. Despite the fact that uh, Sam McGuire is never seen going to work, which brings us back to one of our favorite recurring segments. <laughs> Jermaine, what does Sam McGuire do? I think Sam McGuire works in insurance. Do you think he works in insurance? This is a new. <laughs> I just think that's the most plausible explanation for somebody to look like him. He like works in insurance. Like I couldn't because when she was like oh this house runs in a budget i'm like what do they do again because i don't know what joe does i can't remember what joe does i don't think she has a steady nine to five and then i then realized i then said okay here's joe's story i'm gonna take her character from the ultimate christmas person who was like a party planner and that is what <laughs> joe does with Cassie mcguire she's a party planner she's a caterer that's what she does but it was like so weird, like, oh, but like budget, your house is like so big and <laughs> state of your appliances. I think he sells insurance. Got you. That's definitely I could see it. You know, last time we talked, um, I think we had most recently settled on he was like a celebrity accountant, someone who just runs the books for people, and that was how he had won he because he, oh, he Carter thing. Yeah. Because he yeah, he had gotten tickets to go see Aaron Carter. So we were like, he's Aaron Carter's accountant. But insurance, I feel like, is in a similar kind of space to accountant. The Aaron Carter thing was my first foray into, like, celebrity gossip. Because if you remember, <laughs> Aaron Carter dated Hilary Duff and Lindsay Lohan at the same time. And it was, like, a Disney scandal. Oh. I feel like, Marissa, you were, you were on the pulse of that. I'm on the pulse of all Disney Channel drama to this day. It's really... That's true. You're on the pulse of current <laughs> Disney drama. I really am. Which could lead you down a really deep rabbit hole. It really did. It's embarrassing. I'm like, why am I watching <laughs> a like 30-minute YouTube video on the timeline of Olivia Rodrigo, Joshua Bassett, and Sabrina Carpenter's Love Triangle? But I did it. <laughs> and I know. But yeah, the Hillary Lindsay stuff. And then the way that they would start to like actively shade each other at different publicity events. Yes. Oh, my God. Because Chad Michael Murray brought Lindsay <laughs> Lohan to the premiere of A Cinderella Cinder Story. That he which did. Which was so messy of him. <laughs> He's like, I didn't know. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> okay, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite sound bites, um, just for the pure ridiculousness of it, was Lizzie, I think cartoon Lizzie saying, I couldn't possibly be on a budget. I'd run out of money. Which is the opposite <laughs> of what a budget is for. Yeah. And also, she's a cartoon. Yeah. yeah. And Lizzie's like, but this is an emergency, a fashion emergency. But yeah, the McGuire house runs on a budget. Yeah. Allegedly. They bargain shop, all that stuff. And then, so this is where we get the introduction to the B story. Sam and Matt, they walk in, and Matt immediately walks over to the fridge, signs a picture of himself. And says, it's going to be worth a lot one day. So this actually feeds well into one of the previous episodes where he had his like web series. Now he's graduated to being um, on a real television show. Yeah. That we never see. Or the Uncle Wendell show. Yeah. <laughs> we never heard of. Yeah. So he is on his way to celebrity once again, as I feel like happens <laughs> on a recurring basis with all of these children. I have a 
lot of questions. What is the Uncle Wendell show? Is Matt being paid to be on the Uncle Wendell show? Who is his representation? Is it just Sam McGuire? Because this does feed into my theory of his Hollywood connections. What's going on here? I was confused. Like, were they at the show? Because maybe I missed it. Or were they, like, at the mall and he made a face and then it was on the show? Or were they at the show? It, like, went over my head as to how he got on the show. I don't know. And then they said something about how it aired at the ballpark. Like, they just played the TV show (laughs) in the middle of a baseball game. (laughs) Literally makes no sense. So I was like, how did he get on the show? Very unclear. And um, But they say he has pizzazz. He's famous now. He's he's made it. This is all he needed. True. <laughs> One appearance on the Uncle Wendell show. Joe asks Lizzie if she wants to try a new combo of clothes. And Lizzie's like, no, I can't do that. Everybody knows what I wear. <laughs> Hopeless. And Sam is still hot for Coco Newberry. <laughs> he likes some hot cocoa. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which was, like, very awkward. It's, like, weird when the parents exhibit, like, some sort of, like, sexual interest on these shows. On these, like, as a kid, like, you didn't, well, Nickelodeon did it, like, a lot. It was, like, very aggressive for Nickelodeon. But, like, Disney always, like, walked a fine line. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, very cringy when he was, like, yeah, she's hot. And then he, like, bites into, his, like, his apple. <laughs> and I'm, like, <laughs> yeah and it's not like the kids are asking for that like no one asked for this exactly no. it was like wasn't there a whole subplot one episode where sam and joe got to be alone for an evening that definitely happened i think in the halloween episode when they both went to the dance and then it happened again oh yeah it happened again and they just spent the entire time like building a pillow fort i don't know yeah having like a pillow fight just like choices are made that don't need to be made it's just like where that he bit into like the <laughs> fruit, and maybe maybe it's because I've watched Harry Styles' video Watermelon Trust so many times, and he's like <laughs> in the fruit. I'm like, okay, Sam, we, we get it. Like, yeah. So then we cut to the next morning, and Matt has printed out over 500 copies of his photograph. This seemed like a pretty decent home printer for 2002. Like, oh yeah, they had like a full like. No streaks, nothing. Camera yep. printer. Wallace. I was kind of impressed. Like, like a laser printer. They had photo paper. Yeah. And this was like strike one on this house does not run on a budget for me. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, strike one. Yeah. But cool. meanwhile, Lizzie's coming down and Joe is like, I had a great idea. It just came to me in a dream. We're going to go bargain hunting. She was tossing and turning all night. Just <laughs> so stressed. <laughs> It took me so long to think of this idea, but you know what? I thought of it. It's mine. I came up with the idea of bargain hunting. And then we get this like hillbilly country bumpkin music. Yeah, this is really problematic. Like, I feel like a lot of people bargain hunt. This show poverty shames like all the time. Like, this was pretty overt, but they low-key do it all the time too. Where... Just the music cues in general in Lizzie McGuire are questionable. Like the choices that you make <laughs> with music in Lizzie McGuire, I'm like, why? It's true. But yeah, Lizzie acts as if bargain hunting is just like the bottom of the barrel, like worst thing that could possibly be happening to her. Yeah, I don't love it. 
And this is coming off the last episode where she acts like the worst thing in the world, whole entire world, would to be, you know, working at a fast food restaurant. Yeah. Disney really sends a message on like what success is and what that looks like. I don't think Disney was very woke um, (laughs) in the day. Everybody was just like middle class or upper middle class. They did that one episode for Proud Family about Kwanzaa mm-hmm. when they met the homeless um, people. I know I I because I've been rewatching a lot of original Disney Channel original movies as opposed to like the series, mm-hmm. and the movies were like very very sad. It was like in Smart Houses. I love Smart Houses as a kid, and I rewatched it like over like maybe Thanksgiving. And I forgot that the reason why he wanted the smart house is because his mom had died. Yeah. And That's a Disney staple. You have to have a dead parent. Like, yeah. everybody has a dead Like, in the ultimate Christmas present, Brenda Strong, or Brenda Song, who is the original Disney queen, in my opinion, yeah. her dad had died. And I rewatch the movie that I was, like, very afraid of as a kid, um, Don't Look Under the Bed with the Boogeyman. And the little brother was, like, in remission from leukemia. And I was like, Disney, like, these movies are very, there's, like, a lot of dark undertones of, like, dead parents and, like, sick people going on here. I feel like they then swing away from that because the movies that I grew up on and the ones that I rewatched, like, Stuck in the Suburbs and, like, Pixel Perfect were just tween chaos. Yeah, more like pop culture. yeah. Because I remember Pixel Perfect. That's like Ricky Oldman was an attractive. Yes, he was. Teenager. Yes, he was. <laughs> I, I, because I, the Disney, I realized that Disney Channel series, the boys weren't that cute. Like Ethan Kraft was not attractive to me. But the movies, there's a movie, Alley Cat Strike. Yes. And the white boy in that show was my gay awakening as a child. <laughs> <laughs> so hot <laughs> it was alex in the movie like disney had some very cute boys in like the movies nickelodeon had better boys in the tv shows yeah well i feel like the boys in the shows were always like beta like they, it was never centered around or it was rarely yeah. centered around a male character yeah but except even stevens <laughs> oh even stevens yeah that was the only one that was centered around a male character yeah i was not a Disney Channel, like I've seen none of these movies, but I feel like at the very least I'm going to have to watch, what, Lucky Cat Strike? Alley Cat Strike. Alley Cat Strike. It's Like, Kaylee Cuoco was like a child. I forgot that she was in that. Oh my gosh. Kaylee Cuoco was in that movie. We're watching her right now in The Flight Attendant. Watched it, loved it, hated the finale. Oh no. Noted. Speaking of boys, we go back to Matt McGuire. So he goes to school. For some reason, his locker won't open, which <laughs> unresolved subplot. But someone immediately, like this tiny girl, she's like, like a so kindergartner, small, like asks yeah. for his autograph. Yeah, they literally found like the tiniest child. So it begins. I didn't even remember Matt went to school. I was like, oh, he goes to school. He rarely like, does. Oh. Rarely. Yeah, he usually does not. But now we are back at Lizzie's school. And Gordo is ready to go. Gordo is the OG photo bomber. He has a list of where the photographer is going to be at How? all times. How? <laughs> um, and he's just going to get into all the photos. I feel like 
this isn't how yearbook pictures work. And granted, I was never on like the yearbook planning committee, but I feel like they just take photo. Like you don't need a specific photographer to come take pictures of your club. I, I thought it was like that there's like a day and then the book is like candids. But what I didn't understand with Gordo is like his, I don't know if I'm skipping ahead, but like his main plot was like, plan was like to crash the photos and then run away. And I'm like, <laughs> like then they can just like take another photo <laughs> when you're not there and use that photo. No, it's one and like, done. One and done, like, that's it. Okay. Like, <laughs> well, that makes no sense. You just like run in like, but like they can just like snap when you like run away. Can't waste the film. Yeah, but usually yearbook is like, so you do have the professional school photo day at the beginning of the year and you take like class photos then, but the club photos are usually just like whatever students are on the yearbook committee, someone takes a picture. It's like not a big fancy thing. Yeah, and I feel like the fun of it is that like in the beginning of the yearbook, at least that we had, there would be just random pictures of kids just like in school or- at field day or like just you know hanging around and that was where like oh if you got your picture in it was fun because you wouldn't expect it like you can plan you can have an idea in your head already of like you know what clubs you're in and you know that obviously your main photo is going to be in the yearbook but like those surprise pictures are where it's fun yeah and like (laughs) like i would also assume like some clubs have like club like stuff like the jocks are like Letterman jackets and mm-hmm. you can't just like crash the phone. Like, <laughs> did you not see that safety patrol photo? <laughs> they all had their like vests on. <laughs> but yeah, then Miranda walks in, never realized she was so poised. So exciting. And she's also super down on bargain hunting, even probably more so than Lizzie. So much so that she then goes on to suggest that Lizzie just buy the outfit, wear it, and then return it. All you got to do yeah. is tuck a few price tags. Yes. And not spill anything on it. Spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> I do want to say, I feel like for the amount that they talk about Kate and Claire in this episode, the fact that they are not in the episode feels They're like not in the episode. a missed opportunity. Yeah. All right. So Lizzie... Basically, they ask, how much would the pants be? So now they're only $65? I thought they were $110. Well, I think she said the outfit was 110 because I assume that included a top, but I think she's now just going to settle for the pants, which is 65 I feel like if you're looking to really impress with an outfit, the top is going to be the more, like, you know, thing that people look at. No? that sam you know i'm on i've like you've always known this i've been on the hunt for the perfect pair of pants i order so many clothes online (laughs) and then the pants would come and i tried them on at work and when it doesn't fit i would try to sell the pants to sam yeah this happened Um, multiple times and i'd be like jermaine we're watching like red jeans (laughs) like perfect they're stylish you can buy them and sam's like we are not the same size. I'm like, we're we not, are the same size. We're not even close to the same size. <laughs> I'm like 5'10". Jermaine's like 6, what are you, 6'3", 6'4"? I'm 6'3". <laughs> just like roll the, the leg up, <laughs> and it will look cool. So I, like, I, 
like, no, Sam, the pants make the outfit. I, when I was a page, I did not wear the page uniform pants. You know that, right? I do know that. That I did know. I yeah, you wore your own pants. And no one could tell, honestly. No You're just getting a pair of gray pants, yeah. I believe that the pants make the outfit, and then you can, like, do the rest. Okay. All right. I am incorrect. I respect <laughs> that, and I agree. It is so much more difficult to find a pair of pants that are perfect. Yeah. So much harder. Yeah, Sam and style are... Um, constantly, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a work in progress. I, if you would just buy my clothes that cannot fit me, <laughs> instead of having to like, go and return them, it would be great. It would be sad. What I found very um, curious and maybe an indicator that Lizzie does need to start budgeting is the fact that her life savings at age 14 is $10. Oh, yeah. Lizzie, she had $10. Miranda had 30 Gorda had 30 I'm like, how do they have 30? And you know, like, Lizzie is like a bum bitch. I know. <laughs> is a bum. Lizzie is giving like Issa from Insecure Vibes. Like, she needs to get it together. Like, you need a job. Like, yeah, like, this is an American thing, but like, did, doesn't she like get an allowance? Well, maybe the house, because the house runs in a budget now. She's not. But how do you only have $10? I don't know. Like, I feel like even if you just saved up money you got on the holidays, like on your birthday, you would Gorda, be able to save. Still at... had, what, his bar, mitzvah, bar mitzvah money? That's what Gordo said? Oh, Gordo should have a ton of money. Yeah. He has the bar mitzvah money. Oh, my God. <laughs> $10. $10. I, think, I think Lizzie had $10, and I think Gordo and Miranda were like, we have $30 to spare. So maybe there's a chance that they're better with money, but... For Lizzie to only have $10 total to her name just feels very unrealistic given that, I mean, this is strike two against the budget, but like, you know, there's no way. There's no way. She definitely does have an allowance too because there was a whole episode about how she wanted more. She wanted a bigger allowance and then she got a job and then she was really bad at her job because she couldn't believe that she had to do work. No, no ambition. No ambition. <laughs> She, she just like wants to like look pretty and complain about everything lizzie needs to get it together yeah. no interests no no drive and no money no money <laughs> not doing great and yet, the fact that gordo and miranda are just like yeah here take 30 dollars to buy these well, jeans gordo was reluctant there's no downside to this investment right <laughs> you're not going to see returns on this investment like you can only lose money here there's no upside yeah and they're going to go to the mall on saturday but that is the day that lizzie is supposed to go bargain shopping with her mom so now on top of borrowing you know having this whole plan to borrow clothes from the style shack she is also now going to lie to her mother Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. I mean, this is maybe some growth because in the in the past when she's tried to lie, this is what's happened. I want a bra! So. <laughs> true. It's always like when she has to like go shop with her mom too. She's like, I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good, good observation. Yeah, though I guess eighth grade Lizzie can lie now. But on the flip side, Matt is going out shopping with Joe, and he doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to look at clothes. Clothes are boring. That's how yeah. I feel. <laughs> clothes are fun, Sam. There is nothing better in, like, a makeover rom-com 
than when they are trying on the clothes and they do that montage. The montage. <laughs> well, I know that Sam's style resonates with Matt McGuire because Matt McGuire has literally worn a shirt that Sam owned as a child. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, but I hadn't picked out that shirt. That's the so no. The shirt that you're referring to is a shirt that my mom like because when you're six, you don't go pick out your own clothes. Your your parents just come back and they have t-shirts and then you just wear them. So that wasn't like a shirt that I had chosen, but it was a shirt coincidentally that I had owned. But like his shirts generally are not like he wore again today like his Steve from Blues Clues shirt, and that was not a look that I had. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Steve from Blue Schools, another dark story. <laughs> so at the mall, this is where things really get out of hand for Matt McGuire. Yeah, there's a full chase scene. Yeah, Matt had his like Beatles coming to America moment. Um, where everybody's like wanted a piece of him. But I was confused. Why are they at the mall? Because... Joe's supposed to go bargain hunting with Lizzie at a specific time and day, but now she's at the mall with Sam and Matt to do what? Because she's not going bargain hunting. Okay, so if, uh, like, my brother and I were ever going clothes shopping, my my mom wouldn't make two trips for both (laughs) one trip for me and one trip for him. It would be like, we're both going right now. So the fact that she's taking Matt today and Lizzie tomorrow is just, like, too much. Oh. You went to buy clothes from Matt. I think that was what was happening. But um, yeah, it's crazy. The The people are just animals. They are like ripping Matt's clothes off his body. Someone comes away with a sleeve. like <laughs> Yeah. And it's weird because they're like going crazy over something that we as the audience hasn't seen. We haven't seen the show. We haven't seen the funny face. We don't know what happened. Yeah. We're just like supposed to believe that it was so fantastic. All these kids who are at the mall unsupervised, or like eight-year-old kids, are just like (laughs) for Matt McGuire. So when I when they keep talking about the Uncle Wendell show, it just reminds me. It sounds like you know a different version of like America's Funniest Home Videos or something. So I just imagine Matt was on camera for like a couple seconds, and now all these people are going crazy. I just don't know. Yeah, it's a pretty wild chase scene. At one point. Um, Sam and Matt pretend to be a mannequin in a window to kind of get the children off their scent. Then at home, they're like, okay, I think we lost them. But like, it was a mob of children and they obviously like drove home. So I'm really confused as to like the power. Made no sense. Oh, but this is a, this could be a potential clue in the Sam McGuire um, occupation search matt asked sam if he ever worked for the secret service and sam has like a weird flash is it a flashback is it just him imagining and then he says he's not at liberty to discuss that no way was sam mcguire's <laughs> secret service yeah, i i don't think so but i mean they did i don't know was this season two or season one when his brother guest starred on the show because uh season matt one yeah we saw that already body. yeah yeah so maybe he has some, like, training. Maybe. That's another real dark story. The yeah, whole that's... story of Robert Carradine himself is a really dark story. That's true. For more on that, you can you can listen to the Terrell Owens, Robert Carradine, Celebrity Wife Swap episode <laughs> that we did. Yeah. I, I Robert Carradine also did a great Disney show in a movie called Mom's Gonna Date with a Vampire, where he played Van Helsing, Vampire Hunter. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. 
It was some of the <laughs> best acting I have ever seen. Noted. So it's 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 Caroline Ray and the husband from the nanny. I forgot his name. <laughs> oh, it's a that's a great cast. But yeah, later Matt's basically gonna become a rec, uh, like a reclusive celebrity. He's not going to leave the house ever again. Which you know what? In 2020, 2021, it's overrated. Honestly, stay in your house. And uh, yeah, yeah. And Lizzie's gonna come in, and she can't lie to her mom, but she also can't wear bargains. What a conundrum! Yeah. So she lies. She has to study. Yeah, she has to study with Gordo and Miranda. She has a really big test. And she's like, where's the button for lower than low? That's how I feel. (laughs) Like, you don't have to make these choices, girl. I also wanted to point out in the scene, I thought that it was funny that Sam was reading a magazine called Modern Gnome. Like, what does that mean? He likes gnomes. And this is going to get into my theory later. Um, Wasn't like a running gag that he was into gnomes? Yeah. It it was. Yeah. So... All right, I really want to cut to this scene because this scene was crazy to me for for multiple (laughs) reasons. So Joe is going to wait before the bargain store opens, and it's like Black Friday at the bargain store. There's like a mob of people outside the bargain store. They do this as kind of like a montage, but the the doors are going to open. She's going to run in, and then she just keeps getting in a fight with this other lady, but like a passive-aggressive fight. It's not like they're ever like fighting over the same article of clothing. Yes. You're just fighting for space. Like, you're not going to be in my space. There's, like, multiple cat and tiger and lion noises at different (laughs) points in this scene. The are so (laughs) incredible in the show. They make bargain hunting seem like you're going literally into the jungle. I don't know. It's just, you don't need to do this. Yeah, and, like, for a brief moment, I actually sympathize with Lizzie because... That whole montage was my own personal hell. Like, I am not a Black Friday girl. I do not like crowds. And this is, like, pre-COVID. Like, this would just not be my scene. Gotta do it online. I do all of my Black Friday online. And then we get the sort of, I guess it's also kind of a montage of Lizzie going to the mall and buying the jeans. I thought it was funny that the store clerk literally took them off of the front display. <laughs> so there's only one pair of jeans in the entire store, yeah. and it's not on the mannequin. And they are perfectly Lizzie's size. Yes, which is so weird. Like my like my memory of the episode was that I didn't remember that she got the money from. Gordo and Miranda, I thought she had taken her parents' credit card to, like, buy the jeans, and then I watched, like, oh, that didn't happen. Oh. That's what I thought was going to happen. Nope, just some pooling together of money for a losing investment. (laughs) Yeah. So then we cut to Lizzie's bedroom, and she is hiding her Style Shack bag under her bed, and her mom comes in and shows her all of her bargains from the day. And the last thing she shows her is the pair of pants that she picks out for Lizzie. And Lizzie's reaction is kind of like, huh, okay. I mean, they're not style shack, but they're not hideous. Yeah, and she spent less than $65 on all this stuff. Yeah. No, was it, was it, but isn't it less than 100 and Because I think Joe is in the $110 world that Lizzie told her in the beginning. And Lizzie then moved to the $65 world. So I'm not sure how much Joe actually spent. 
That's fair. But Lizzie feels kind of bad, as usual. (laughs) But she keeps doing the same things over and over. Growth on Lizzie McGuire? We don't know it. And then we're at school. So Lizzie wore the outfit that her mom picked out for her to school and then was and then changed into her best dressed outfit in the bathroom. And then she comes out. I mean, I know we're going to talk about the outfits later, but I feel like this deserves a little moment of its own. Like, is this even a best dressed worthy outfit? Like, no, no. <laughs> those pants yeah. are so hideous. <laughs> like even by no, 2002 but, standards. But the thing like. Sometimes they do a good callback and sometimes they don't. Like, they didn't even show us how she, like, hid the tags. Because she's supposed to hide the tags or not take the tags Mm -hmm. off. She's supposed to return the pants. And they just, like, gloss over that. I'm like, where are the tags? Where did she put the tags? It's true. She just, she just, all she had to do was tuck. That's what Miranda said. And she (laughs) thinks that this one day is going to be enough to win her best dress. Like, this is not... Something that's going to, this is not a one day best dressed outfit. And also this outfit does not even look wildly different from like <laughs> anything she has anything ever worn. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I have seen that. Like I have seen that butterfly choker before. I thought that all the butterflies were a choice. This is true. But yeah, I don't even know. Sam, you wrote down all the chaos that unfolds immediately. Yeah, nothing that proceeded to happen made sense. So they link arms and start walking like idiots. They walk right into a broom. That causes them to trip into a guy who's randomly holding a Slurpee. And then he just throws it. Like, he's like, I'm falling. I'm throwing this Slurpee. So he falls it, uh, as usual, as, as we've gotten several times before. It goes through the air in slow motion and then falls. Oh, my God. The pants are ruined. Who could have foreseen this? Yeah. So Miranda is no longer most poised because she fell. (laughs) So that's just out. Gordo gets a photograph, so he's still in the run-in to be (laughs) best photograph. photograph. Silver lining, yeah. The hands are ruined. And I I just, like, laughed because I was like, that slurpy, slushy, whatever it was, that slushy walked so the slushies and glee could run. (laughs) He was everything. Yeah. like a big like it was like a lot that like i think what they spilled on the pans looked like it was more than it was actually in the cup yeah <laughs> i've used that gift before of them walking and i had no context for it and now i'm like rethinking should i have used that gift knowing what was about to come <laughs> yeah. it's a wizard of oz walk sure we can call it that that's what it is no because yeah, when you wizard of oz you do like a skip no, but they link hands. And they were like and crossing. Like, yeah. I, no, I'm not seeing it. Well, you're wrong. Maybe Disney <laughs> couldn't afford to replicate replicate that. Um, maybe it was like a licensing, licensing thing. Maybe they couldn't like afford to clear the walk so they could only do the hand thing. I don't know. So, yeah, then Lizzie has to change and she's going to change back into the bargain pants. And what do you know? People love them. They are all the rage. Hey, Lizzie, yeah. cool pants. <laughs> Should have worn that from the beginning, girl. This would have made more, I feel like, okay, so this episode would have made a lot more sense if we had seen Kate and Claire, like, because, right, like, it's a total missed opportunity. Like, what are they doing? Well, if we had seen their outfits, first of all, and then if we had seen them continuing, because last episode, we got this line from Kate. Little Lizzie, so economical. Did you give yourself that haircut, too? 
like I feel like Kate really tries to poor shame Lizzie. So I feel like that could that could have contributed to sort of Lizzie's frame of mind or state of mind about really being anti bargain hunting, but we didn't get yeah. it. So just a missed opportunity. And you know, Miranda and Gordo lost thirty bucks. <laughs> like that that's yeah. never like Yeah, that is never addressed. Yes. Like have my money back? Like <laughs> like is she just gonna like wash the pants and like keep them? I ho- I really hope Hillary Duff has those pants. <laughs> I really hope she does have those pants. Real bad investment. Yeah, and then okay, so now the toilet paper. Like <laughs> yes, oh. Joe McGuire is just like fifteen years ahead of her time. <laughs> Twenty years ahead of her time. Like she knows so toilet paper. <laughs> And she says there's only 50 rolls. I beg to differ. There were way more than 50 rolls there. She buys 50 rolls every time they're on sale. So she probably has like. Yeah, there's no way that we get through all of that toilet paper in like a decent amount of time. Like she's just like buying. I know. Like I thought that we had a lot of toilet paper at my house, but like we don't even have a fraction of Joe McGuire's stash. I know. Do you have some hidden in the kitchen? Putting them into the kitchen cabinets. Where are your plates? <laughs> where are your because then like where are your forks? Like where are you? Where's your blender, girl? Like what is happening? Makes no sense. Um, we got a fun line from Matt, and this was a line that made me happy that you were going to be on the podcast, Jermaine, because Matt says that the Uncle Wendell show went on hiatus, and everyone knows that means it's canceled. <laughs> is that what hiatus means? That is not true. <laughs> <laughs> all the time like <laughs> we do shows on our fire start in the fall so it goes from like september to december and they take a little winter break and they come back in the spring it doesn't mean like the show is canceled what are you talking about everybody knows everybody knows <laughs> that's what that means Japan. it's all like okay the show is going on it's like but we never saw the show <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, we needed some Uncle Wendell context. Like, how long has the show been on? Like, how popular is the show? Like, also, what makes no sense for it to be like the show is getting canceled is the show from the reaction to Matt being on the show is like it's very popular. Yeah, because everyone's going crazy about him being on the show. Then why would the show be canceled if he's getting that much attention for like? 20 seconds of making a face that we also never see. They must rate on adults 18 to 49, not people 11 and under. (laughs) Marissa, did you want to play this clip at the end? Sure. We haven't played a clip, so we can play this. Yeah. Why not? Okay. Did Kate win Best Dressed? No. Claire did. But that's okay. It is? Yeah, because um, by the end of the day, every girl at school wanted to know where I had gotten my clothes from. That's great. Uh, But the problem is, I don't know where my new clothes came from. And I really wish I did, because that would have meant that I would have spent a whole great day shopping with you. Mom, I I really want you to know that I appreciate everything that you did. And next time you go bargain hunting, would it be okay if I came with you? I would love that. Me too. 
A new pair of hip huggers from the Sound Shack, $65. A more popular pair of hip huggers from Nell's clothes closet, $12.95. An afternoon hiding toilet paper and laughing with my mom? Hey! Priceless. We get the, you know, the swell of music. We get, <laughs> we get the hug. We get no consequences or... Well, like, the mom doesn't know. No. Yeah. But also, wait, to go back, Matt also ordered like $300 worth of t-shirts with his face on it. <laughs> and I'm like, this is strike three. This house is not running on a budget. How can you afford that? Here, I have the answer. Lizzie McGuire is brought to you by Travelocity. They have that big Travelocity endorsement money coming in. Every couple episodes, we see the gnomes pop up. That's clue number one. And then at the end of this episode, they do like pants, $65, um, something else, whatever. Yeah. And then it's like afternoon with mom, priceless. That's a Travelocity commercial. It's a MasterCard commercial. Is it a MasterCard commercial? Yes. I thought it was Travelocity. No? No, I think MasterCard, they're like priceless. Oh my God. So yeah, they're getting that MasterCard money then. Like, <laughs> what is the subliminal messaging we're getting here? Oh, don't even, let's not get into that. <laughs> that was a big thing in like the late 90s, early 2000s that everything had like subliminal messages because kids would just like want everything that they see on the shows. So people were thinking that it was like some sort of it's like, if you ever watch Josie and the Pussycats, the movie, mm -hmm. you should watch that movie. It goes into, like, subliminal messages in music. I think we have that DVD, <laughs> actually. Like, I think my parents own that movie. Fantastic. I, it's things also on Amazon Prime, which is frustrating because Spice World is not on Amazon Prime, and I'm trying to desperately rewatch Spice World. But that's it. That's that's the end of the episode. Another abrupt ending <laughs> with no yeah. consequences for Lizzie. And she's going to do it all again in like a couple more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so obviously we've talked at length about the pants. Jermaine, as the outfit repeaters, we always talk a little bit about the outfits. But I feel like the outfits were so embedded into the fabric of this episode that we talked about most of them. I guess we can do a quick scan through to see if there's any we missed. I think the outfit she wore to the mall to buy the pants, like the denim skirt, that was like a decent outfit. The bar bargain outfit was good. I don't think the the outfit with the $65 pants was any good. I think that was ugly. Miranda always looks good to me, which is like, why wasn't Miranda going for that <laughs> to begin with? She always has, like, this, like, punk rock thing going on, Miranda. Yeah. It also just, like, feels like nobody else in the entire school is doing anything to get into the yearbook. Nobody cares. Nobody else cares. <laughs> we don't only see anybody else. We don't no. see anybody else. Only, these, only Lizzie, Miranda, and Gordo care about this. Like, nobody else is involved. Nobody looks, like, dressed up. Nobody is doing anything. I like, think it would have been... I think it would have been funny if Ethan Kraft swept the board. All fours. <laughs> well, Ethan Kraft is most beautiful in the show world. Yeah. Marissa, I just paused on a picture, and it's at the very beginning, and Lizzie is holding a pink binder, but it looks like it's textured. What is this? Yeah, it looks, like, soft. 
but like a fuzzy <laughs> one of those binders that like zip closed. Would a baller on a budget have a textured binder? Lizzie's nothing not about, <laughs> <laughs> nothing about the Maguires is household on a budget. <laughs> I do like no. to see uh, Miranda consistent. If the camo is not on her body, it is on her binder. Yeah, she's a big proponent of the camo. Um, I feel like Miranda is better dress, accessorized than Lizzie could ever be. <laughs> and I just don't understand why Miranda was not put up for best dress in this writer's room. Because it had to be Lizzie. Lizzie had to it has to it. be. Because Miranda doesn't exist. <laughs> okay. There you go. Why does Miranda exist? Something I, I don't know. I think I'm thinking about now that um, Miranda has this um, theme of wearing a lot of um, like American flags, Union Jack. Like she's wearing a fish and chips shirt at one point with a Union Jack on it, like red, white and blue. And like I'm just like starting to think about the optics of that. And like Disney can keep like there's a brown girl on the show, but she is like America. (laughs) Yeah. There, there was a like that's I, I, they did her dirty because like as a kid I think before there was like Beyonce and like obviously you know the Madonnas and like the Shears but like I just knew Lorraine and she didn't have a last name and I was like oh my god she's so cool like she's Lorraine and then as an adult like hear her say because her name was too ethnic and Disney did not want that they just called her Lorraine. So, like, that's an interesting point that she dresses, like, in, like, American-looking, like, look she's... Yeah. Well, Marissa, you've talked about this before, about Ricky Ullman, who we talked about. I was just going to say yeah. that. Yeah, Disney has a habit of doing that. Like, Ricky Ullman's name is Raviv. He is yeah. Israeli. And, yeah, Raviv was just too crazy for a Disney Channel star. So, that's why he is Ricky in the Disney content. Oh, man. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about? I personally like the jeans that Joe picked out better. Yes, they were. Um, 100%. Good studded jeans, good dark wash, didn't have too much going on. Yeah, and they were only twelve ninety five. I don't really love the top that she pairs with it. I've got to be honest. I'm not really. Did she need to change the top? Yeah, the top. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess some, some uh, slurpy splattered onto the shirt. Right. Yeah, she, yeah, she, she put on an entirely different outfit. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I like Miranda's outfit more. Miranda's styling. I like the, see, if you're looking at pants that you really want to make a statement with, it's these tartan pants. Yeah, Miranda's always in tartan, too, I swear. Like, her, her they make her style so, like, Eurocentric. She's, like, very like, punk rock-ish yeah. kind of girl. Like, um, I would be like, hey, Miranda, cool pants, not Lizzie. <laughs> 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 Yeah, Miranda has the cool pants here and the big belt buckle. Miranda is the cool person. (laughs) Lizzie is, like, Miranda should not be friends with Lizzie. Like, Miranda is too cool for Lizzie. Agreed. Yeah, we say all the time that they all need to get new friends. They're all terrible for each other. Yeah, they're not compatible. It's not a compatible friend group at all. No. And they have no other friends. (laughs) <laughs> like, they don't talk to other it's people. like they try sometimes and then they all just have an intervention for no reason and then reel each other back in yeah like, they have nobody else that they like like have a class with that they're just like 
friendly with. Yeah, it's a little unhealthy. Like, remember when Gordo got really into Dwarf Lord? Remember and- when uh, Lizzie became friends with that girl, Angel? Yeah. They're also codependent on each other. Marissa, should we do MVP? Yeah. So every episode we name an MVP and we have a spreadsheet keeping track. So by the end of the podcast, there will be one ultimate MVP. Yeah. Jermaine, as the guest, we will let you go first. Who is your MVP of this episode? Um, Obviously, the MVP of this episode is Joe McGuire. I don't believe she's on a budget, but (laughs) (laughs) like went out of her way to like go bargain hunting with all these crazy people to get her daughter the perfect outfit to then have a little throwback to her hatred of what's her name? Coco. Coco Coco Newberry. Newberry. (laughs) Coco Newberry. And she doesn't want her daughter to like experience that of Coco Newberry and she does it. And like, you know, she, I think, in a weird way, I, I think the lesson is that you don't have to have expensive clothes to look good. It's all about how you like wear it and like put it together. So I think Joe is the MVP of this episode. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to jump in and just agree because Joe McGuire was my MVP as well. I don't think there's a whole lot of choice here, but she's out here. Even though Lizzie doesn't want to go bargain shopping with her, she's there before the store opens in a mob of people out here for her daughter, doing the bargain shopping, finding some real sweet outfits. Yeah, I just think that there's no other choice. Lizzie straight up lies to her mom, not an MVP move. Joe is the only choice for me. I don't know, Marissa, if you are going to make this a three for three. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Joe McGuire is going to sweep for all of the reasons that you both have listed. I just... As Sam knows, I love nothing more than a savvy shopper, and that Joe <laughs> McGuire is. She picked out a better outfit than Lizzie picked out for herself. Yeah. It's her years of experience. Oh, wait, what was she putting away in the first part of the episode? The end was the toilet paper. What was the other thing that she bought in bullet? Oh, it was like a huge thing. It looks like mustard. Oh, mustard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like pouring it into like a smaller. It was like, I've never seen... Like, you go to BJ's, you go to Costco, whatever. I've never seen a tub of mustard that looks like that. That was huge. It's like a tub of mustard that is, like, actually probably for, like, a restaurant, you know? Like, (laughs) a place that would stock. Like, I don't think you're going to need that much mustard. Yeah, it was crazy. Who are we to say? (laughs) Who are we to speculate? Oh, my God. (laughs) I think we've said all we need to say about this fashion focused episode of the outfit repeaters yeah love a good fashion focused episode yeah so i think that should be it jermaine thanks for coming on to the podcast and recapping this with us for having me as i already told you i'll be back for the movie (laughs) Um, cannot wait um or any other episode that you want me back for because it's it's weird i might want to come back for that larry tudgeman episode that i do you know which episode that is I don't know like the which number. number, but I know the content, and I don't want to tell you the <laughs> Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I know we have, I think the only guest we have coming up in the immediate future, season two, episode 15, which I believe is the Frankie Muniz episode, we have Ivan Vukovic coming back to talk about that one with us. And um, Ivan, myself, and Carlin, as I mentioned, 
We'll be launching our crown recap podcast this week on Thursday. So if you want to talk about season one, episode one of the crown Thursday, we're dropping that. It's a podcast called crowning around. So you can keep an eye out for that. We talk about the lack of diversity. (laughs) I don't know that we talked about the lack of diversity immediately, but we can definitely bring it up later. I'm like, there's no, I'm like, of course there's no black people. It's the crowd. I guess like, I mean, maybe they could have taken a Hamilton approach, but you know, that would have been. Don't get me started on Hamilton. Sam. (laughs) I thought Hamilton was the worst thing I've ever watched. (laughs) I hate it. That's a hot take. I, I, I tweeted unpopular opinion. It kind of sucks, but. Well, definitely let us know the Larry Tudgman episode. We can get you back on. We can talk about it. Yeah. (laughs) So that's a wrap on season two, episode 12, a best dressed for much less. As always, you can follow us at Outfit Repeat Pod on Twitter or email us at OutfitRepeatersPodcast at gmail.com. As always, this episode will be uploaded to our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters. It's also available on any platform where podcasts are available. And be sure to tune in next week for episode 213. You're a good man, Lizzie McGuire. Yep. Yep.